Bienvenue au Tour de France Femmes. C'est la deuxième étape. Clermont-Ferrand, Mauriac. C'est à toi, Abby. Well, Matt, we're here for stage two of the Tour de France Femmes avec Zwift. How you doing? I'm doing great. And we've been joined by another member today, who's fresh off the men's race. Hello, I'm Kate Wagner. Do you want to set the scene? Do you want to do the vibe yeah, check? Yeah, I'm happy to do a vibe check. We're in a lovely little hotel restaurant uh, in the town of Moriac, where the stage finished today. We're about 500 meters from the finish, close to the press center. Uh, it's all Everything's in close proximity, which is really nice for us. Not a whole lot of faffing about after the stage. Uh, we've just ordered some drinks, some dinner, and looking forward to relaxing after a big day of travel and writing about bike racing. Yeah, uh, Iris isn't here, so I can't brag that I was right about the rain today. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> but there's a very nice draft coming in from the door after yesterday. It was pretty hot. I think a lot of riders were maybe happy to have a little bit of a cooler stage today. Mm. But it, di it did impact the race a bit, and we'll get to that. Stage was won by Liana Lippert. A really great ride from her with Lodo Kopecki coming in second, holding on to that yellow jersey and Sylvia Persico third. It was a really great fight for the stage, but the whole the whole day, I think one of the most interesting things going into the stage was that a lot of people said it was going to be like kind of the second queen stage, that it was going to be one of the harder stages of the race. And you'll hear in a bit from Veronica Ewers said that it wasn't actually as hard as I think some people anticipated it to be. There was a break of two that went earlier in the stage, but got brought back before most of the climbs and then an interesting QOM fight. But it wasn't it wasn't like a completely insane day like I thought it would be. Yeah. Walking around the start today, you could see that almost all of the teams had uh, trainers or rollers set up for their riders to warm up before the start of the day because there was a oh, 30 kilometer the, the first 30 k's of the stage was basically all uphill with no qm points at the top just to rub salt into the wound but yeah i think that start plus the six climbs out on course uh plus a, a decently long day as well um it was expected to be hard um and yeah maybe it wasn't quite as hard as we expected but i think the the rain probably played more of a role in the end Yeah, it, it was not super wet in the beginning, but definitely when they got closer to the finish, the rain started falling. And it was not just that it was rainy. It hasn't rained in a while, so it made the made the roads really slick. And for the three riders out front, I think it played a bigger role for them. They had a decent gap going into the, the closing kilometers of the race, but they went into the town near the finish and Yara Kastelin almost went down psychocross skills came in clutch she <laughs> saved it but then there was a really bad crash by Eva Venect and um, I was chatting with her DS and it sounds like she's doing okay the medical car got to her super quick so that's good and uh, we'll we'll update people more as we know more yeah I believe she was she was conscious and she was taken to hospital and um The vibe from her teammate, um, sorry, her, her breakaway companion, Niska Koska, was that she was um, she was okay. That she's, it seemed like it could have been a lot worse than it than it ended up being. So that's that's good, and hopefully she makes a full recovery from here. Yeah, and then um, Costa was the last one out there, last one standing, and was eventually reeled in by a group that was going super fast to mm. <laughs> on that final climb, led by. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Marlon Russo. 
um, just like continuing to impress. Pretty decent QOM fight out there, I thought. I, I was really interested in that because there was like this weird moment when Yara Castline was with with uh, Anustakoster and Eva Van Echt, and they were kind of like, it looked like Castline was super keen on the QOM points and the other two were not entirely sure what was going on with that. And, and, and at the end of the day, Yara ended up in the QOM jersey. And for her, like the tour is the tour. It doesn't matter what jersey you're in or when during the week you're in it. You wore a jersey at the Tour de France, so it's a huge deal. Mm. So I don't know. I thought it was. I found it fascinating, but I also liked the little game within a game that happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was quite interesting. And and seeing Castelline at the mix zone afterwards, she just seemed delighted to be there. You know, she was doing so many interviews, kept getting pulled back, and. Um, where I think more experienced riders or yeah would, would be kind of frustrated having to do that. She was happy to do that. So. I talked to Marlon Reuser after the stage, and she said that uh, she kind of expected it to be a sprint uh, at the beginning and didn't buy into the hype that it was going to be a big GC day. Huh. And she said that they didn't have really a plan A except for to get Demi to the end safe. Uh, and I learned through her actually that uh, a lot of uh, blew a tire in the sprint. She still finished second, which is pretty amazing. But mm. she actually just had a puncture all the way through, and she confirmed that at the press conference. So, <laughs> sprinting to second with a flat, pretty impressive. Yeah, that was great. Did um, did you get anything from Rooster about her QOM? Because uh, she was first over the top of that last one, wasn't she? And she was. It wasn't clear whether she was going for the stage or whether she was just going for the climb. Uh, she said something. She just wanted to set up her team. I think. Yeah, setting the pace into that because it was it was like three point seven k that climb, so three two one points on the line. Mm. But obviously, the finish came a k later, yeah. which would have been what they were riding for. I was interested to see Demi riding for Kopecky because, like yesterday, it sounded a lot like Kopecky was happy to have taken the first stage and happy to be in yellow. But the attention was going to switch to Demi today, mm. given that it was potentially a really hard stage yeah but yeah Demi really let it out for Kopecky in the end I guess they must have made that calculation once everybody go, got over that final climb together and there was a bunch then you you reassess don't you and you go for Kopecky she's the fastest finisher there and um yeah good on her it's, it's always cool to see a, a GC leader riding for the, the teammates like that and we saw Vollering do that yesterday as well a little bit on the climb took over from Rusa when she was done so to see her lead out the sprint I always like seeing that yeah, definitely. And I loved seeing the win from Lippert because she worked so hard all Giro long to win Anamik the pink jersey and got a little bit of opportunity herself, but wasn't really able to take a stage win there. So it was mm. awesome to see her take this stage today. She's such a cool rider. I, I really admire her and I've enjoyed watching her. And I was there a few years ago in Geelong when she won Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race uh, in similar conditions. It was very wet there at the finish. Um, and yeah, she's just a really plucky rider and I, I admire her attitude and um, as you say, she was really good at the Giro. She had a couple of podium finishes there. She's been great all season with a whole bunch of top 10s, particularly in the classics, which are a big focus for her. So to see her get this really big breakthrough in is a great result for her. Yeah, she was second in Liège and this was the, a very Liège stage, yeah. I would say. So kind of makes sense in yeah. retrospect. Uh, and also she was great at her press conference. She said 
they asked her about Annemiek van Vluten and like whether or no working with her gives her any confidence, give her, gives her more confidence. And she was like, yes, of course. And then they asked her what her goals are. She goes, I want to win the classics. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, all of the classics. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, the uh, Den Classics in particular have been a, a real focus for her and they really suit her with those, those short, punchy climbs. And uh, yeah, as we saw, she's really good on those uphill finishes as well, like she was today. So yeah, one really good point that Annemiek made as well was that with a win like this, when you do get a big breakthrough win, often it paves the way for more success later. And she really hopes that this gives Lippert the confidence to go on to to believe in herself on finishes like that and to take more opportunities and to keep winning. Um, I think that'd be a great thing because Lippert is a yeah, very exciting rider to watch. Yeah, it's also a great thing like for the rest of the race because now like Kopecky took the first stage. She's going to focus on Demi later. Same thing with Lippert and Van Vluten. Now that Lippert has a stage of the race, it's it's full gas for Meek from here on out. Mm. Yep, and I'm just glad it wasn't an SD Works win today as well. <laughs> Still got second, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was close. Uh, yeah, and I liked... Uh, Kate, you mentioned it before that Kopecky, uh, you know, had that flat tire. I really appreciated in Kopecky's press conference that she she acknowledged that she did have the flat, but she wasn't saying, you know, I would have won the stage. She made a real point of saying that Lippert did a great ride and that she did an awesome sprint, and I think that's a real credit to her, and she could easily have not made that point, but I think that, that speaks volumes about her. I want to really quick throw to Ashimul and Pasio and her audio diary from the day. She ended up fourth. So another solid performance from her. And definitely she's showing the form going into the stages that she's targeting later in the week. So let's hear really quick from Ash. Hey, Abby, um, my voice notes. So today was another uh, super smooth day for me. Um, my teammates did an incredible job of looking after me, um, helping me with uh, bottles, food, keeping me in good position um, and yeah I, I felt like I had a very smooth first part of the race saving as much energy as possible um, and then when we hit the final circuit of course things um, got a little bit faster and we also had the rain um, so it became a bit hectic uh, but once again um, Julia our youngster was just super strong today really positioning me in front uh, Romy also did a great job of being my uh, bodyguard and she dropped me off in perfect position uh, before the final descent with the rain uh, we knew it would be super technical so it was important to be uh, well positioned and in the front and yeah that's exactly where I was and I was able to follow uh, Lippert and Chabby and get a bit of a gap uh, which put me in an advantage um, starting the climb and when Cassia joined us um, we were trying to drive the pace and and obviously um, stay away um, but finally um, SD Works joined with uh, three riders uh, Marlon, Russo, Demi and uh, Lotte Kopecky and so when that happened um, of course it kind of you know I decided personally that it wasn't worth investing too much uh, to attack to get away um, because Marlon would always be able to uh, control it and bring it back um, and so I decided to wait for the sprint and yeah, I mean, Jolene gave perfect instructions, but unfortunately I wasn't able to execute exactly to her instructions. Um, I was positioned further back than what I should have been going into that final corner and a, a bit of a gap opened. Um, so yeah, I, I relied on um, Sile or Hughes Sile to, to close the gap and then obviously tried to sprint, but fourth was the best I could do today. Um, but yeah, happy with the form, happy with the legs. Um, moving up step by step and yeah tomorrow's another hot day 
Yeah, just to add also was uh, pretty cool being um, in the green jersey today. Um, was a bit of a surprise, uh, not exactly what I expected. Um, but yeah, everyone said I look good in green. So um, wearing it again tomorrow um, and yeah, means the, the explosivity is also here, which is what's important uh, for this tour. So yeah, very happy with how things are going so far. We also have an audio diary from Veronica Ewers, who had a little bit of a stressful day with a bike change uh, too close to the finish than she would have liked, but she still finished up there safely within the general classification fight that will be to come later. So let's hear really quick from Veronica. Hey, coming to you after stage two. Um, on paper, it looked like a pretty brutal day, but it was actually quite tame compared to what I th- had anticipated. Um, kilometer zero to af- after kilometer zero, it was about maybe one or two K that was pretty full gas. And then it sort of set up um, for a bit. So it was quite tame. And then, yeah, it got pretty chaotic once the rain started coming down and people got nervous. And yeah, unfortunately there were quite a few crashes and I really hope I didn't cause a crash, but I know someone hit my back wheel and went down really hard. I'm so sorry if that was my fault um yeah it was really chaotic and i feel really badly i hope whoever that was is okay um yeah it was pretty chaotic with the rain it was pretty hard to see at times and yeah it was pretty slick um but yeah um finish was yeah pretty tough it was a really fast descent into a swooping left-hander to go up the last main climb which was pretty full gas with a lot of attacks. Um, And then, yeah, fast turn into the long uh, drag finish. Um, Pretty exciting for Liana to have won um, after being so close so many times. So super congrats to her. Um, And yeah, on to stage three tomorrow. As far as the general classification, I think today ended up being not really that big of a day for it. There was a couple riders that showed like a little bit of cracks when it comes to a pace as high as was set on this climb by SC Works. Mavi Garcia slipped off the back a little bit, but she was able to get back on on the section in between the final QOM and the finish. So she only finished eight seconds down, but she definitely looked like she was struggling a little bit on that final QOM. And Rihanna Marcus as well looked a little bit like she was struggling on that QOM. So a couple of the stronger climbers in the race and riders who will feature later on in the week are already looking like they're having a little bit of a hard time. Mm. Elise Langaborghini possibly as well. I mean, she looked strong in the finale and she was she was up there, but we know she has a better kick than that. So I was surprised to see her finish all the way in 11th on the day. Yeah, and the other interesting thing for me with GC is that Kopecky still leads the race by nearly a minute. So we talked yesterday, and I wrote yesterday, that if things go well for her, she could well lead to the, the Tourmalay stage. And I think having got through today, which, as we talked about, was supposed to be this really hard day, I think that, to me, is looking more and more likely that she will lead all the way through the stage seven. I mean, yeah. obviously, we don't know, but it's possible. <laughs> we didn't talk about it yesterday on the podcast, but I, I think I did that on purpose because I wanted to see if she could hold it today. Mm. And in hindsight, like, yeah, 
I mean, I did pick her for the win today, like right. in the preview pod. And I wrote it on my like sticky notes that have my yeah. di- outfit of the day. Um, <laughs> sticky notes, I wrote Monday Kopecky day instead of the stage. So I knew she was going to be going fine today. Mm. But it, so it comes as no surprise. But I think the more people talked about how hard the stage was going to be, the more mm. I thought, I don't know, like if it's going to be a GC day. They're going to be focusing on Demi, even if it's a day for Kapeki. Yeah. And if anything were to go wrong with Demi, like Kapeki's going to have to burn those matches. Yeah. But they had a super easy day in the bunch. Yeah, that's fair. So, do you think she will lead to the tournament? Yeah, I think so. I don't think. Yeah. I think the the one day that's kind of standing in between her and wearing yellow on the tourmalet is stage four because it's quite long. Mm. And it's quite hard. The like we talked in the preview about how hard the back end of that stage yeah. is. But I think she's just flying right now. There's I couldn't see anyone being able to take that off of her unless there's a, a Anime trademark Anime Van Vluten a long range attack on stage four. Yeah. But she'll definitely keep it tomorrow. Tomorrow looks like a a sprinty type day, which we'll get to in a second. I wanna there's a couple other audio diaries I would mm. like to throw to before we talk about tomorrow. Um, we got a little bit from Jess Allen, who spent the day in the Groupetto with <laughs> Voss and Weebs, as Weebs. she calls her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We also hear from Audrey cordon who finished just under a minute down today. So let's hear from Jess and Andre. Yeah. Hey, mate. How's it going? Um, yep. Thoughts on today. Um, we just got to our hotel. Couple of our post-race travel and... Uh, yeah, personally, I was very nervous about this stage because basically the first 30k was uphill. And if you're not in a good group, it's going to be a long day as it was like 150-odd k. Um, and yeah, it was dropped after 3k with 40 others. Um, so that was actually good because it had a good crew like Mariana Voss was there, Weebs, Charlotte Cool. So yeah, and Weebus, however you say her name. Um, so that was good. And then we got back on anyway, um, after a while. So that was all right. And then kicked off again, 50 K to go. And yeah, it was really solid actually. Um, bit of rain just to throw a bit of, uh, spice into it. Um, which also made the roads really slippery because I feel like it hasn't rained in probably a month. Um, so whenever there's a first rain, it's always pretty sketchy. So hopefully everyone that crashes all right. Um, and for us, we had Anna and Alex up there doing a good job and um, Amber supporting them. And uh, the rest of the girls did a really good job just keeping everyone safe. And, uh, yeah, but it was a tough day. And um, I'm sure tomorrow is also going to be another hard one. Thanks. Hey, Habi. <clears throat> well, what a, what a day. Um I was expecting something a bit more crazy at the beginning, even if, okay, from the gun, some uh, teams tried already. Um, so the first climb, like the first part was super heavy and uh, and yeah, it was a bit of a casino and, uh, and then some groups came back. So I was happy to see my teammates back um, and they could help me then afterwards. And, and it was good to, to have support from the team today. And uh, yeah, we were expecting something much harder, but the headwind um, was playing a big role. I think was a bit of suicide mission to 
try anything today because yeah okay maybe the last uh, breakaway could have gone to the end but it was more because the rain came and then of course the peloton was slowing down much more than if 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 it if it was sunny oh. so uh, dif- difficult to to predict but in the end uh, yeah the, the rain was uh, really playing a big role at the end <clears throat> and um and then, yeah, I mean, I felt good. Uh, I was a little bit too far at the bottom of the last climb and ended up less than a minute behind the, the first ones. So, yeah, um, good legs, good moral. And I think uh, tomorrow we can try again. I hope the, the weather would be better and, uh, and the wind will be in the right direction for us to try something and to go to the end of the stage that's my <clears throat> biggest wish and uh yeah that's it all right one other person to talk about today because she was active yesterday she was more active today is kashini wadoma because she attacked multiple times mm-hmm. not only on the final qom but also earlier in the stage leading up to that point like when there was a hill she was either she was attacking or shabby was attacking so looks like Kenya Stram just sticking with the same old plan, <laughs> hoping that it'll work out for them. Yeah. Look, it hasn't been working all that great, but it's cool. I, I like seeing it. I like Kasha's, um, her intent. I like seeing her on the attack. Uh, she could maybe time things a little better, but I don't know. I think I just like the intent from her. And she said after the finish that... Uh, she felt like the climbs didn't really suit her to be attacking at the end. She found that when she was attacking there that they just weren't steep enough for her, that they were shallow enough that riders like Russo could just pull her back in without even getting out of the saddle. Mm. She needed something steeper to get away. So I think we're going to see her keep on trying throughout the race. And, um, yeah, I just I hope she makes one of the attacks stick at some point. But it's just... It's kind of hard to see it happening, honestly. Like, there's so many good riders there that are just able to ride her back, and I, I just wonder what else she can do. You know, what what, el- what other weapons has she got? You know, I mean, she's a fan favorite for a reason because she's so fun to watch. And when she does eventually get that win, it's, oh, gonna, it's gonna be so good. Man, you're gonna be able to hear the screaming from like around yeah. the world because people are gonna be so excited. It'll and be like Amstel Gold 2019 all over again. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I watch her win, and I don't want. I I watch her race and I I want her to time them better, but I also never want her to change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very endearing. I think uh, her attacks and like even though they're a lot of the time futile, it's kind of like yeah, you, you know, she's go animating. The, yeah, exactly. You go, girl, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> animating the race, all that kind of thing. She definitely animates the race. I mean, I think like if there's anything you can say about Canyon Stram, they did animate the race today. They had sure. a lot of riders on the attack today. Yeah. Um, so it, it was clear that after yesterday, like they wanted to be proactive today. And I, I want to see that. Mm. I want to see that from more teams. I feel like today could have been, people could have taken advantage of how challenging the course was today in terms of like meters gained and, and just kind of didn't like, it could have been a way harder day if more teams had, had taken the race into their own hands. I mean, I think we saw some pretty strong examples of that though, with, with Phoenix, with, you know, X, there were a couple of attacks like late in the game that were, I mean, that definitely separated things. Yumbo Visma, Mm. Um, Charlotte Cool did an attack. I mean, 
I think it's almost like there's almost a certain shyness to it. You know, people like are afraid to take their opportunity when you have like these dominant teams that just kind of shadow everything. It's like a tree grows in the forest and you have to cut it down for all the saplings to live. <laughs> yeah, actually, another interesting writer after yesterday was Juliette Laboose. She really tried to do something today um, after we learned that she struggled a lot in the heat yesterday. So that was why she had such a rough day yesterday, which is a brutal way to start the race. When you've got juicy ambitions and you've ridden so well in the lead up for it to all fall apart on stage one, not great. But, but she definitely, she was out there. She was out she there was on stage trying. two. Yeah, and I think we'll definitely see more of her later in the week and hopefully she's great on the tourmalade because I think that would be awesome for her, for France, for the race. I mean, she rode into her form at the Giro. Yeah. So maybe we'll just, she'll ride into it. Yeah. <laughs> ride out of the heat stroke <laughs> and into the GC competition. It's interesting how... It was so hot yesterday and we had riders with heat stroke and, you know, ice fests everywhere. And then today it was pretty cold. At yeah, it was <laughs> ice rink and, yeah, pretty cold at times. I spoke to Hannah Ludwig at the finish after her, you know, long effort in the breakaway and she said it was freezing out there. Mm. And also speaking to Anusa, Anusa Costa at the finish, she was just shaking, talking to, you know, doing the interviews. Like it was, yeah, very different conditions two days apart. I wonder if it's worth talking about um, Costa at the finish because she saw Eva Van Eck yeah. go down and, and she really had, she was really, really emotional at the finish, finding out that she was okay. It was a really bad crash, like we said already, but for the riders who witnessed that, it's... Yeah, for sure. Speaking after the finish, once she'd had a little bit of time to process what had happened, she just said that it was just a huge moment of shock for her and it really took her a while after in the race to kind of... Um, yeah, to focus again and to, to remember that she was still in with a chance in the stage and still had a, a race to finish because, yeah, you see that happen and it was a horrible-looking crash and, you know, they're obviously uh, compatriots, both Dutch riders and, um, yeah, very glad to see that Van Acht is okay. Merci. Adina's just arriving. Let's talk about tomorrow's stage, but before we get to that, I just want to hear really quickly from Ella Wiley of Life Plus Wahoo. Stage two, day two. Today was a longer one, 150Ks-ish, 156 if you count the neutral. I think you can count the neutral today because it was <laughs> uphill and pretty go from the start, to be fair. Um, but before the stage, so my parents had planned a trip, um, can't remember when they told me, maybe almost two months ago, and, um, so I knew they were coming to watch the tour, and they were, like, wanting to know what time to be there this morning, and I sent, they actually arrived before I did. Um, but yeah, they literally landed in Paris yesterday, watched the men's Tour de France finish, and then drove partway through the night, like to partway, and then the rest of the way this morning. And so I sent them my live location, they came to the camper when we arrived, and yes, I shed a few tears because I haven't seen them since February, so a pretty long time, um, pretty special seeing them there, like, yeah. I have been craving a mum hug for so long. Um, nothing's better than a mum hug. Anyway, my dad goes, oh, and like when we, 
I have a brother. <laughs> I have two brothers and one sister. Anyway, and I like a good pre-race chat with my older brother, Aaron, because he also used to race. And, yeah, so it was pretty normal for my dad to be like, oh, yeah, um, Aaron wanted us to call you, like, call with you um, when we see you and stuff. So here's Aaron on the phone now. And I was like, oh, hi, like, how's it going? Um, getting ready for the stage. Um getting ready to go and stuff and he's like oh cool and, da, 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 and he started asking me a couple of questions and then someone taps me on the shoulder and I also hear like his voice and I was like wait what what and I turned around and he was there and yeah I was already in tears and then I was in quite a few more tears after that um so pretty special for him to be there too and I can't believe my parents kept it a secret because I had called them, like, multiple times <laughs> on their way just to, like, check up and say hi and obviously talk about my first day. And my brother had been there the whole time and just had to, like, duck out a shot or... Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, so awesome. So they'll be here for the end of the Tour de France and then... My parents will come with me to Worlds and then my brother will go home. But, oh, it's just so cool that they're able to kind of share this moment because I haven't seen them since February. And, yeah, it's it's a long way. It's a long way to New Zealand. Anyway, that wasn't really much about stage two. But, yeah, stage two um, started with a bit of a bang, a climb. So yeah I had warmed up which was good and started in like the second row so that's always a little bit helpful when you know it's gonna be maybe not quite a chill start you know just get prepared a little bit earlier um and yeah I don't know the race just kind of went on it started drizzling I should have known. We started and there were like grey clouds in the sky and I was like, nah, surely it'll stay sunny, surely. I literally had ice in my jersey at the beginning and then halfway through the stage I needed to get a vest because it was a little bit cold. Anyway. Um, and then... Because it was quite a big descent that like, not steep or anything, but it was just that there was a lot of descending for quite a bit. Um, and then, yeah, we started kicking off with the climbs towards the finish. And, yeah, I think I felt all right today. Kind of stuck with the favourites for quite a bit. Um, and then, yeah, just on the last lap, because you passed the finish line, and then you came back to the finish line, it started pouring so the roads were pretty wet by then it was actually getting a little bit hard to see um a little bit misty and then um yeah like we were descending and it all strung out and some girls had some pretty nasty crashes so I really hope they're okay you never like to see anyone hit the deck hard um and I think a few girls took it a little bit more cautious because of that but yeah, it's still a race, so it's still pretty quick, and um, yeah, I just was probably a little bit too far back at that point, um, so even making up time on the climb, 
I just managed to like lose the front bunch by 30 seconds, I think, 35 seconds. Um, so yeah, like could have been better because I think I had the legs to stay with the front group, but um, yeah, it's only day two and I think taking the positives from each day, I'm kind of coming into my legs and yeah, so we'll see. Uh, tomorrow is supposed to be crosswinds. Our DS told us that over dinner, so the mood mood changed a little bit. A few girls putting another piece of bread on their plate. We're getting prepared. Um, I'm not quite sure how bad they will be or how the bunch will split, but always got to be prepared for crosswinds, especially if teams want to make it a split. Um, but yeah, we get a bit of a sleep in tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Hopefully I do sleep in. I just found my spare eye mask because <laughs> I lost mine the other day. I left it on the plane. Anyway, this is, this is a long recording today. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoy. Catch you later. <laughs> we have an audio diary from Lucinda Brand of the Lidl Trek team. So let's hear what Lucinda has to say. Hi all, it's Lucinda Brandt here. Um, yeah, at the moment from the massage table, um, giving you a bit of an update from the last two races uh, in the Tour de France Femme. Uh, yesterday started with quite a warm day, I have to say. Um, the bunch was nice, the first part to us, but the course was super hard in the end. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the best legs myself. But thank God uh, some of my teammates uh, could make up the work I uh, couldn't do for them. And um, yeah, in general, it was good. We didn't lose any time in GC, so it was good. And well, today was another day. Super hard. A lot of climbing up and down all day. Strong wind as well. Um, started warm, finished cold with a lot of rain. Yes, we are in Tour de France, but it can rain here as well. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, personally, I had much better legs. Thing that was super nice, and um, so I could help the girls till the final. And uh, yeah, the finish was brutal. I had to let it go in the last four k, but we still had uh, three teammates there, and uh, they kept fighting for the victory and not losing time. So they did good. Uh, not really a result yet, but I'm sure that's coming. And so far we are good in GC, which is also very important. So yeah, happy me. And Victoria Guanzini of the FDJ Suez team. I also had a really interesting conversation with her team manager at the start. And that is on escapecollective.com if you want to go read that. Hi, Escape and Happy. Well, what to say about today? It was a really tough day. Uh, the start was uh, really hard with all the ups and downs. And there were some teams who wanted to start full gas. Uh, so, yeah, there was already selection at the beginning after we came back with uh, the small group that we dropped. But, yeah, I didn't have good feelings. So, after... I dropped again and I had to do basically the whole stage by myself. Uh, I'm happy I could make it into the time cut, but uh, for sure I was hoping for better legs. We will see in the next day how it will go. And yeah, it was uh, really hard also because of the weather. 
uh, when it started raining, yeah, it was also very, no, not very, but yeah, a bit cold, not the condition that we're used to in the summer. And um, yeah, it was uh, even more challenging. And uh, as we were going always in the same direction, we always had the uh, headwind. So <laughs> it was uh, even more challenging again. And, but yeah, I'm just happy I could make it to the finish line. Uh, as I said yesterday, Tour de France is a special race. There were a lot of fans, even uh, with these uh, bad conditions, with the umbrellas uh, cheering on the road. Even for me that I was really dropped and uh, I was so far behind the bunch. So yeah, they really have a lot of passion and it's good to repay their uh, their passion with, uh, with our job on the pedals. Uh, I was really relieved when I finished the race, when I arrived at the bus, I saw the girls and there was also my mom. Uh, I really needed to see her uh, to have the, you know, Uh, to feel a bit better after a very hard day on the saddle and uh, hopefully uh, feeling better tomorrow but we will see and uh, it's a new day <laughs> all right we're gonna dive into stage three but before we get to that jose's segment for tomorrow's stage in today's podcast is about the caves in montignac lesco which is the finishing town of tomorrow's race so let's let's hear from jose race to Montignac Lescaut. I know the name Montignac from a 1990s a diet craze where you could eat carbs and, and fat and, and drink wine or something. But this has nothing to do with the town of Montignac, by the way. Although our local specialities do involve lots of meat, fat and, and probably some wine too. No, no, near Montignac is the town of Lescaut. It is the site of some world-famous caves, and these caves are renowned for their prehistoric cave paintings, which are estimated to be over 17,000 years old. That's 17,000 years old. The paintings depict a variety of animals, like horses, bison, and deer. There are also abstract symbols and human-like figures depicted. The discovery of the Lascaux Caves occurred in 1940, when a group of young boys stumbled upon the entrance. In September of that year, Marcel Ravida discovered a hole in the hill of Lascaux, and he returned to the site on the 12th of September with his friends Georges, Simon and Jacques. The four young men enlarged the hole and managed to slip inside, and there, with only a lamp as lightning, They were the first Homo sapiens to see the paintings left by our Cro-Magnon ancestors. The caves were open to the public in 1948, but the continuous flow of visitors, around 1,500 a day, and the carbon dioxide and human breath began to degrade the prehistoric paintings in the decorated cave. To allow continued access to the art, an exact replica of the caves, known as Lascaux II, was created nearby and opened to visitors in 1983. It faithfully reproduces the paintings, intricate details of the cave interior. Lascaux II offers visitors an opportunity to experience and appreciate the ancient artwork while preserving the original cave. There's now also a Lascaux IV. Honestly, I don't know what happened with number three. But Lascaux IV is known as the International Centre for Cave Art, And that offers an even more immersive experience. It was inaugurated in December of 2016. 
It incorporates advanced technology to replicate the caves in a highly realistic manner, including 3D reproductions and interactive exhibits that provide a deeper understanding of the art and the lives of the prehistoric people who created it. The paintings at Lascaux are considered some of the finest examples of Paleolithic art, providing valuable insight into the life and beliefs of our ancient ancestors. The artists used a variety of techniques, such as applying pigments with brushes, spraying through a tube and blowing pigment onto the walls. The attention to detail and the sophisticated use of colour and shading indicate the artistic skills of these early humans. While the art of the decorated caves is the most spectacular and well-known, Cro-Magnon also left numerous tools and practical objects which can be seen in the National Museum of Prehistory of Les Issyes. Tomorrow's stage, starting in Colonge la Rouge and ending in Montignac Lasso, is a is a sprint stage. I'm calling it. It's a it's a weebs stage. It weebs, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a great stage for weebs. <laughs> it's got four climbs in it. Five. It's got five climbs in it. A category three and four category fours. So it's not flat per se, but. It's definitely got a little bit of roller. The flat, the the last 30 kilometers is pretty flat. There's some uncategorized bits in there, but nothing that would scare her uh, based on the way that she climbed in stage one. Yep. This looks very much like a small breakaway gets up the road on the climbs early to get points in the QM classification. SD works, namely Marlon Rooster goes to the front, reels him back in, Weaver swins a sprint. You heard it here yeah, first. Yeah, that's right. Don't even need to watch the stage tomorrow. I've got it covered. So for those of us who used Weebus already in their <laughs> Escape Collective fantasy competition, because some of us thought she was going to win the first stage, who did you pick for your fantasy comp for tomorrow? Uh, I've got Weebs for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> because I picked... Um, who did I pick yesterday? The winner, Kopecky. You picked Kopecky. Yeah. yeah. Are you rubbing it in right now? Yeah, maybe. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I'm, I'm no longer winning in the uh, the Escape Collective team uh, competition. But I did want to give a shout out to Julius Pepperwood, a uh, Canadian, you'd be happy to, to learn, who My is current, currently leading overall in the Escape Collective fantasy competition. He, I assume he, picked uh, both of the winners, Kopecky yesterday and Lippert today. So that's a, that's a fair effort. He is the only person uh, of the hundreds, thousands of people that are uh, in the competition that picked both winners so far. So congratulations to you, Julius. Wow, that's really impressive. I, I picked Demi today, which also means that I've now wasted Demi for the future. <laughs> You're um, after a terrible start. Man, it's, I get really competitive, so it is devastating. <laughs> but this is where we are. So Who have well, you got for tomorrow? I'm not going to tell you. I want to beat picked. you. I've already picked. Mine's locked and loaded. I'm good to go. Well, I may or may not have picked Charlotte Cool. <laughs> I feel like that's a safe answer. Yeah. Uh, but if you've we'll already see. burnt weebs, then... I yeah. have. Yeah. I used her <laughs> prematurely, and it was a mistake. But I thought it was a great pick at the time. That's always how it goes. We will be back tomorrow to talk about stage three. Thanks so much for listening to the Wheel Talk podcast on the Escape Collective Universal feed or on the Wheel Talk feed if that's where you're hearing us. Thanks. Thanks for that. And uh, yeah. The end. Uh,